second hour of Authentic News right here on RBN Live. This 27th day of February 2024, where I take your calls. Our very first all right here from Michigan, John. John, join the conversation. Your thoughts? Yes, uh, James. Uh, God bless you. I know that uh, you're an agnostic, but uh, at least may the uh, peace and happiness be with you and good health. But uh, you brought up the Balfour Declaration, I think, in your first that uh, the first hour, I, I, or the first part of this hour, and I didn't catch that, but I've been trying to get people to go and 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 bring up the Balfour Declaration that was explained by uh, Benjamin Friedman in 1961 in Washington D.C. He was a Jew, and he says he's you know the Jew word Jew. There was no word for Jew. Uh, uh, there was. Uh, Judea had passed out of existence, according to the writing in his speech, and people had long forgotten that. Uh, the first translation, translation, uh, translation that was used by a gentleman named Wycliffe in 1345 was G-Y-U. Uh, and, and then it got to the point in the 18th century where it was J-E-W, but he says, in this doc, this is like page 14, and it's great, great read because it gives you some great history. Uh, the, he says, what you call us citizens of the United States do, do the people who did, you what, uh, who did to you what so-called Jews, the Polacks, the Litvaks, and the Litzaners, they weren't Jews, as, as, as Benjamin just explained. They were Eastern Europeans that had been converted to Catholicism. Uh, there's no such thing as Judaism. Judaism was a, game, a name given in recent years to this religion known in Bible history as Torah. No Jew or educated person ever heard of Judaism. It didn't exist. They pulled it out of thin air, a meaningless word. And just like anti-Semite, the Arab is a Semite, and the Christians talk about people who don't like Jews as anti-Semites, and they are called, they, they, and they call all the Arabs anti-Semites. The only Semites in the world are the Arabs. And there isn't one Jew who is a Semite. They're all Turkothean mongoloids from the, the Eastern European Jews. They are brainwashed. They have brainwashed the public. And if you invite me to, uh, anyways, he goes on. But you have to read this uh, speech uh, to find out who we're dealing with. And when I refer to Israel, I would call them, I would call them Zionist Kazarian uh, mongoloids. I wouldn't call them uh, Israel Israelis because that that is not a. Uh, uh, it's not their country, and they were given it to them by the Rothschilds. And thank good, one of them, thank goodness, one of them is passed into the holy hell where he belongs. Uh, but uh, that is something that has to be explained. Hopefully, they maybe bring it up onto uh, uh, the the website at uh, uh, Republic because uh, it uh, really they have a, a, a great uh, uh, other article there called the uh, uh, British Ministry. Of truth said in 1944 that the Holocaust must be created to distract from the massacres that occurred in the in USS in Russia. So uh, we're being fed the baloney from the people that are running things. Uh, there, there is no religious uh, aspect to these people. They, 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 they conquer. They uh, and. Kill and conquer. That was what they did for all of the leaders of the world back in those days. They were mercenaries. And uh, just going to RBN and getting that article and then looking up the Balfour Declaration and and, and, and reading it, you'll have more of an understanding what's going on here. There's uh, The Palestinians have been, uh, been tortured or killed, it's just massacred since uh, 
the UN sure. uh, acknowledged uh, the area for sure. the Kazarians. And, and so John, that, been, that's... You've been doing a good job of reiterating this point on several occasions now, and we know John Stat Miller was excellent in this area. Let me make two points, one of which you may be less enthusiastic about than the other. The first is whether the word Jew was being used at the time is trivial. The question is, was the concept in use? You go to different languages, and they don't all use the word horse, but they have a concept of what it is to be a horse, and they have words that correspond to it. Now, because this has come up several times, I've begun, now this is only a beginning, doing research on this, and in fact, because Wikipedia is a Zionist op, they're actually pretty good on subjects like this. We got Jesus as king of the Jews, pretty good discussion there. Then we got uh, the nature of Jews also, both in Wikipedia. Those were the last two stories because of time consideration I didn't get to mention, but fits in here perfectly. So I think it's, I think it's, wrong some of the arguments you make, but those arguments are not as significant as what you missed about today's opening, which is that the Balfour Declaration had been superseded by an earlier League of Nations mandate, where a barrister from the UK, Ralph Wild, speaking on behalf of the Arab League to the International Court of Justice, eviscerated, eviscerated Israel's claim to be have the right to existence on legal grounds. He gutted it. He left them drawn and quartered. You, you're going to have to watch this, John, because you want to update your line of argument, okay? I appreciate why you've made the arguments you have, but these are more powerful. We know about well, I, all the politics, the Balfour Declaration and all that. You want to check this out. I put the link in today's show notes, okay, John? Yeah, go ahead and give us an additional, but I want you to tie it up because well, we've yes, heard... I'm, I'm giving you some information that I'm getting from uh, with John Statmiller's research years back, which was yeah, pretty... I know, he does I know it, and he... I'm saying, John, what I'm telling you is it's outdated now. What What's just happened is his story. I want, before you call again about any of this, you have to watch this. Legal masterpiece from UK barrister Ralph Wilde on behalf of the League of the Arab League. You must watch that, John. Well, I'll do. I'll do that. I just. I just keep hearing people like yesterday or the day before. Someone said that was Jesus a Jew. Well, he, according to this presentation by Friedman, uh, Judea is where he was from. And they just, John, I, I just don't want you calling it to make arguments you've made before. Okay. As far as the education goes, go read the letter from Mark Tucker to Hillary Clinton, and you'll understand that the uh, education system is where it's at because of that. And I, I apologize if I'm repetitious, but it just seems like there's, uh, there's just no information that's being uh, implanted in, in folks that, that to understand who's really in Israel. And uh, these Thank you, Priests John. and these ministers all say Israel is the chosen few. Well, I, I would John, say, I, I know, John, I know the Arab League, uh, this whole, the Arab this League whole is uh, of, probably controlled too by the Rothschilds too. So. This whole line of argument has been outdated by this event here. You have to go and look at this. It's and where not would I find it, Jim? Bar- 
It's not the argument you've made. It's much more decisive about a mandate from the League of Nations that has been suppressed and not cited before. This guy has eviscerated Israel's claim to its existence as a state, okay? John, you want to get up to speed, my friend. I appreciate your sincerity. Where do I, I go am- see this, Jim? Where do I go find this? Well, it's in the links right now. You can find it everywhere. Go on the Internet. Say, UK Barrister Ralph Wilde, W-I-L-D-E, on behalf of Arab League at, at the Court of Internet, International Court of Justice. You're not going to have any trouble finding it. Well, I'll Say, do that. I'll do, it, 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 I'll do that. And as far as mandates go, uh, I have a question with the, the, the value of a mandate. If it's uh, a mandate is uh, an authoritative uh, Order or edict, but I'll, I'll go look. Ralph Wild, W I L D. You don't have to argue with me before you know what I'm talking about, okay? I'm saying this is so powerful on your side that you've got to you got to go with it, man. Check it well, out. Then, I hope that sure. everybody in your audience does too, so that we we quit having to worry uh, about uh, who we're dealing with John, over there. It's just a bunch of. Mongols that are going to kill people. Well, that's I, all they want to do. And they want to, and that's about Rod, it. You, you admitted you came in late. I made a big deal of it. I played a segment of it you didn't even hear. I know. Okay, that's why I, I called I, today. I, I, enough. I, I, enough. We got Sebastian from Sweden. Sebastian, join the conversation, please. Yes, hello, Sebastian. John. Do you hear me? Yeah, I got Hello. It. I hear you. Go uh, ahead. Okay. I just want to I just want to bring a little bit of Swedish statistics to the audience, American and everywhere else. It's uh, yeah. I came here in 1970 uh, as an immigrant. I'm I'm an American born, actually. I'm from Virginia originally, uh, but uh, I'm a naturalized citizen since uh, 75 for reasons unknown. But the uh, Muslim population when I came to Sweden was 0.2 percent. And of oh, the 8 million people when I came to Sweden, 0.2% wasn't very many Muslims. Today, right. the Muslim population is 12%. That means wow. 1,250,000. And that is number one, number one, Uno, in the whole European. And that surprised me because I was thinking about, well, Britain used to be in the EU, but they're not now. But then I was thinking about Italy and uh, especially France because of all the, you know, the immigrants from uh, Algiers and everything during the war. But no, it's Sweden. Sweden is the number one Muslim country in Europe. And uh, as far as the Africans, is 3.5%, which is 360,000, and it's number four in Europe. And the Orientals are 250,000, which is 2.4%. It's number four in Europe as well. About Orientals, which I don't have anything against. I don't have anything against Africans either that are, you know, just living up if they, you know, follow the law and everything. Even Muslims, I'm not concerned. I don't mind them. I, in fact, I had friends, a couple of friends that were Muslims, really good people. But, uh, but anyway, this is, this is the uh, percentage in Europe. Uh, for Sweden today. And uh, not only that, the police came out with, (laughs) it's weird, the police came out with a thing saying that there's 62,000 criminal criminal gangs in Sweden. 62,000 
criminal gangs. And my interpretation, that was a gang could be between, what, 5 and 20, 25, 100 people in a gang. And if it's 62,000, sure. that is t- tremendous. But we get a bombing almost every other day and shootings every day. So we, we're the most, uh, I think we we have more bombings than uh uh, the time, the height of the uh, Northern Ireland, you know, the IRA. Of course, yeah. they have more deadly that- bombings, but we have more bombings per day, and that's what that's what this uh, since 2015. That's what this immigration policy been happening in Sweden. And furthermore, the the, the advertisements on TV in Swedish TV it's almost like 50 percent, not 3.5 percent African, but it's like 50 percent. Of uh, you know commercials on TV are showing Africans in the commercial. That means fifty yeah. percent. The 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 children are saying that fifty percent of people in Sweden are Africans. African, you know, and that's you that's contained. you know there's it's so much con- propaganda. It's, it's yeah, horrible. We got Sebastian. We're getting that here in the U.S. You can hardly see a commercial that has a white couple. They're mixed race or they're black or maybe Oriental. It's ridiculous. Now, I got a couple questions for you. I'm really delighted you called in. I had a very dear friend who's a professor of ornithology. He was an expert on birds. He was targeted by the the Swedish authorities probably because of his relationship to me as someone, you know, who is uh, unconventional views about a wide range of subjects. He's now disappeared, and I'm afraid they've done him in. But one of the reports he was making to me is how, since the migration event began, Swedish women are being raped in unprecedented numbers. Sweden used to be like the safest country in the world for women. They could walk safely alone, and it's no longer true. And they're suppressing because these are being committed overwhelmingly by migrants. They're not even identifying who commits these rapes. It's just a number has soared astronomically. Can you comment on that? Yes, I, I understand that. And uh, I used to work, uh, I'm, I'm retired now, I used to work uh, a few years ago. Uh, I'd not work, but I was selling like, um, you know, sort of like a garage sale type thing, but I had a permanent table at a place around here. And then I, a lot of women, uh, young, middle-aged, asked me about what they could do. They asked me if, they, if I was selling switchblades, which is illegal. You know, I think I think everywhere in Europe, even in America. But no, I, I, you know, I can't sell this. It's illegal. But then I told them what to do, you know, in case there was an attack. And I can't tell you on the phone because yeah. I don't want to get yeah. put down. But That's okay. It's That's something okay. That, That's okay. But... But am I yeah, right about but, what my friend Paul was telling me about the increase in rapes and that the press is suppressing their identity? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They they hide their faces. They put like a, a, a blob on TV. If there's anyone, yeah. you know, if there's if there's a yeah. foreigner. But if but but then if there's a Swede that does anything, then they put his you know put his face and name and say, oh yeah, you know these are rapists, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or robbers or whatever. Yeah. But if there's a, if there's anyone with a, a Middle East or a, you know African, they just blur the face out most of the here's times. My, Not all the times, but yeah, yeah. Here's go ahead. my other question for you, Sebastian. When I was growing up, 
the Scandinavian countries were showing their intelligence by not becoming politically allied with one side or the other. It seems to me this joining of NATO is insane. That You lose the benefits of neutrality. You make yourself a target for Russian military retaliation. You now embrace a lot of military expenditures. I used to admire the common sense of of the Scandinavian nation for staying out of NATO, and now you've gone in whole hog. What what is going on here? Well, it's like um, uh, uh, when I came here, it was a neutral country. The only two neutral countries in Europe, well, there were like, almost like three, or like if you if you if you count in Austria, it was like half neutral, right? But Sweden and Switzerland has always been neutral. Uh, back in the, when I came in 1970, well, I came to Europe in 68, actually. But in Sweden, 1970, but they were the two neutral countries in uh, Europe. And Sweden's always had their neutrality. And you could say it, you know, it's like I've, I've read, you know, the history of Sweden during the Second World War. And I know what they did, you know, when they let the, some of the German troops through the country. But I understand when they did it, they had to almost, you know, because it was they didn't want to get into the war. But they were neutral. And uh, uh, but I yeah, it's it's gone bad. It's uh, I think it was back in 90, uh, back in the 90s or early 2000. It was when they decided to go into NATO and uh, people don't understand. But. The NATO doctrine, if you go, if you let NATO troops in your country, they don't go by Swedish law. Just like in Okinawa and all the protesters, they have their own law. America has their own law when they go into another country. Like you have to be tried in a UCMJ, which you're sent home, back home to do, being tried. You know, you're not being tried in Okinawa or whatever, or Sweden. And the Swedes are, unsa- the Swedes are naive, put it that way. Look what's happened in Minnesota. Look what's happened in Minneapolis. Look who's t- taken over the Minneapolis city of Minneapolis. And they're Swedish immigrants. Swedes are, are a little bit more naive than the Norwegians and the, and the Danes. They're really fighters. And the Finns, not, you know, the Finns are a completely different language. I mean, you know... But they had something going on with the with the Russians before they went into NATO. It was a real, real, uh, uh, you know, uh, coexistence. Sebastian, they hang, were on, trading. Hang, on, hang on, we'll complete our conversation right after this break. Stand by. Here comes the sun, I say, it's all right. Tejibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. 
or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture-raised meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. have your perspective from Sweden. Uh, we were talking about why Sweden has abolished it and given up its neutrality, which I think has only downsides. I can't think of a single benefit Sweden is going to derive, or Finland for that matter. Finland has, yes, a different history in its relationship with Russia. But Sweden was acting, conducting itself so intelligently among the community of nations by remaining neutral. It, it, it smacks of some kind of infiltration of your government, some kind of, uh, you know, dirty dealing behind the scene. I, I have no idea what it could be, but this was a very mistaken thing to do. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, James. And it's... Uh... It happened somewhere. I didn't even. I didn't know it happened. It happened somewhere in the nineties when the when the uh, Swedish Parliament said that they're gonna 
abandoned this, uh, this thing with neutrality. But nothing came up afterwards. No one was pro-NATO. No one was pro-nothing. It was the same thing as being neutral until 2014 when everybody had this uh, uh, booga, 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 as Mike uh, used to say, booga, 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 Russia. And it's like it's like that, you know. Everybody has this, Sweden has this uh, sort of weird hatred to, in fact, uh, I was listening to the program, and I think it was um, the guy who used to work for Ronald Reagan, what's his name now, that did an article about the white people, about fighting whites against whites and everything. Uh, yeah. Uh, Go ahead. He was a secretary oh, for uh, Treasury, I think. Well, yeah, you're not talking about Paul, Paul this. Craig Roberts. Paul Craig Roberts. Yeah, Paul, Ro- Paul Craig Roberts. Paul Craig Roberts, exactly. He was talking about this, and I agree with him. I agree full, full 120% for his philosophy that the First World War, the Second World War, and they wanna, now they want to fight Christians against Christians, Christian yeah. brothers against Christian brothers, you know, in the Third World War. And people who do that, People who would uh, would take up arms are completely stupid. They have to be insanely stupid to do that. Uh, I mean, it is insane, and that's that's yeah, the whole I know, thing. I know, I know. <laughs> it's a military-industrial complex of war mongers. Frankly, it's got a lot to do with the Zionists who are trying to manipulate outcomes to benefit themselves. And, of course, I began by observing how ironic Jacob Rothschild, who is instrumental in creating the nation of Israel, should be dying at the time this brilliant barrister from the U.K. is dismembering the whole idea that the existence of Israel is legitimate. I'm just ecstatic that juxtaposition. Well, I'm happy there's a, a Generation X. I don't think millenniums, but Generation X, the ones comes after them or whatever. They're they're doing there. There's a real big backlash against that, against yeah. Israel. Uh, yeah. My son, including, you know, he's 33, and he's been watching these documentaries going way, way, way back. And he is so pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel. I, yeah. I had to tell him to hold your rhetoric back because <laughs> they're going to make yeah. a law now, beginning in July, that if you say anything against. Uh, the Holocaust is a, it's, it's a uh, uh, you can get two years in prison in Sweden. And let me tell you, this it's is absurd. the first time. This is this year they're doing that. This year. It's just when absurd. I came to Europe just in 1969, absurd. there was only two countries in Europe that didn't think about saying anything against the Holocaust. It was okay to do that. It was Great Britain and Sweden. No other country in Europe. Everybody had laws against saying anything about the Holocaust. But now this year, Sweden's going to do it. But... Yeah. It has to be my, 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 by the my, my, my dear friend, the historian of science from the UK, Nick Kohlerstrom, has published what may be the most important book on the Holocaust, taking it apart one piece at a time, entitled Breaking the Spell. Breaking the Spell, Sebastian, but they probably won't allow it to be sold in, in Sweden after this law comes into effect. Yeah, exactly. No, well, no, that's that's untrue. The law, that's rhetorical. If you say something in social media or by mouth, it's going to be against the law. But they have to wait. Thanks for the, well, it's not the Constitution in Sweden, but it's called the the uh, basic law, Grunlog, in Swedish. And it's 
that you have to wait to 2027. It has to be a, a parliamentary election before they can change the Swedish, I can say, Swedish constitution. So it's so 2027, you can't write anything about it. But now you can, but you can't say anything about it from the, I think it's the 1st of July this year, against the Holocaust. And they said other things, but I haven't read the whole law yet. I'm trying to get yeah. uh, bits and pieces in Swedish so I can read the whole law. But I think that, I hope they don't include that if you say anything, uh, anything against Israel, it's considered, say, against the Holocaust. Wonderful, wonderful call, because Sebastian. I, think- I want you to call, call again anytime. You are welcome here. Wonderful. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Sebastian. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-and-lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-and-lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the Internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we, the people, are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. 
Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBtalk.com and join the social media revolution. getting our feet back on the ground wayne from missouri wayne you're here give us your thoughts today well jim uh i've heard you argue that uh dual citizens should not be in policy making or decision making positions in our government is that right yes 100 percent. how then do you reconcile that with your enthusiasm for vivek ramaswamy you you have recently spoken rather glowingly of, of his of qualities and seemed to be uh, welcoming him as a potential vice presidential candidate for for uh, uh, well. Trump. And Trump is, is as he's, everybody knows, yep. he's not a young man, and he's, he's subject to, to um, assassination. I mean, a lot of people think he will be assassinated. There's a good chance that his vice president might have to take over. How can you justify that because Ramaswamy was born a citizen of India. Neither of his parents were citizens of the United States when he was born. He was born subject to the jurisdiction of India and may still be subject to the jurisdiction of India as far as I know. So Wayne, I, that's that's just that's just wonderful. I, I accept that face value, I agree with you. Uh, uh he has and so good in the debates. He just impressed me tremendously. I think he's head and shoulders more intelligent, perceptive, articulate on the ball than the others who were on the platform during those GOP debates. But I agree with you. He's a dual citizen. And even though he's not a dual citizen of Israel, which has been our chronic problem, because he is a dual citizen, and I agree with myself that no dual citizen should be in a decision-making or policy-shaping position. I accept your criticism, Wayne. You're spot on. He should not be on the ticket. I like it. Okay. Thank you, Jim. That's, yeah, that's all that's I've got. wonderful, Wayne. That is wonderful. But okay. I think he'd, he'd be very deserving of a, an important cabinet position, however. I think the well, guy's some kind of mental he, wizard. He, He's very articulate. He's very uh, uh, yeah. incisive on the issues, and and I and, yeah. I and I agree with you. He 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 can contribute to our government. I think but he not can do a lot a of president. But I buy your argument a hundred percent, Wayne. I buy it. I'm glad you called me out on that. Excellent, excellent. Thanks very Thank much you. for the call. Yeah, you bet. James in North James in North Carolina, join the conversation, James. James, are you there? 
Yes, good afternoon, Jim. Uh, Go ahead. I just, uh, well, let me just, uh, on your last caller, uh, Vivek uh, was born in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not not certain as to his citizenship. I I believe both of his parents became naturalized citizens. All right. It may have been after, I don't know if it was before or after his birth. And you'll, that's something you'll have to look up. But he was born in this country. I guess maybe he's an anchor baby. I'm, I'm looking it up. Was born in the United States to two non-citizens, which means he gained citizenship through birthright. And we noted that his parents immigrated to the country legally. I, I, well, this is really interesting. This is really, really interesting. Uh... So does does he have does he have joint citizenship? I don't know. Uh, I thought he was a I thought he was a U.S. citizen, but uh, I don't know. There may be some fine points on that. Yeah, I'm looking at it, uh, seeing what I can find here. Ramaswamy vows to end birthright citizenship. His policy on dual, he's even got a policy on dual citizenship. For some reason, it's, there it is. His policy, should immigrants be allowed to hold dual citizenship? Yes, unless they've committed a crime. He's not responded, Bob, Bob, Bob. I don't know. Look, I'm glad you brought it up, James. That's good. You mean... I could have been too quick to agree with Wayne. That's fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. Very, very good. Born in, born in Cincinnati, huh? Yeah. Well, let me get Tell to us the. Uh, I, I'm sure that's not the only reason you called. Go ahead, give us more. No, that was just. I was just. That was on the spur of the moment. No, a friend of mine. You know, you've mentioned a couple of times about some of these. Uh, Google images of the uh, uh, Vikings of color, or <laughs> yeah, or, uh, others. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's um, this new uh, this new AI from Google called Gemini. Yeah, yeah, it's woke. It's woke, James. A woke AI that gives us a woke version of history. They're they're trying to rewrite history. That's what's going on here. Historical revisionism well, in a bad way. Yeah. Well, another, another, uh, hello? (laughs) Yeah, I Uh, I was just going to say, I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, 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 James. I'm I'm all ears. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to mention another uh, facet of of that uh, uh, particular philosophy. A friend of mine called me earlier today, and he said, uh, go on Google and uh, type in images uh, and, and type in images of shoplifters, and I got page after page after page of young white men and women, nobody of any dark pigmentation anywhere in sight. <laughs> and, and, uh, this is wonderful. What a splendid confirmation of the point I was making. James, you're right on top of this. I love it. Well, Here's something else I did. I decided to, to go up the uh, criminal ladder, and I uh, typed in images of rapists. No dark-skinned person to be seen. I mean, you don't, every once in a, you don't necessarily see 
any faces, but there you'll see white hands, various other you know people of you know, a white hand grabbing a, a young woman by the throat, or uh, you know, or, or an image of. You are so smart. You're a natural-born detective, my friend. I love it. You're doing excellent. I just am impressed. I'll tell you, I love it. Now, what else? What else did you find? Well, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, those were the only two so far that I've looked at. I'm sure if you want to, you know, do some uh, investigating on your own, or or any of the listeners do, they'll they'll probably come across basically the same thing that that. Uh, yeah. Uh, 98.7% of all criminals are white. (laughs) Right. Let me just add, James, the overwhelming majority of rapes, say, in New York, are committed by Latinos and blacks. In fact, it's the only category where Latinos exceed blacks. And between the Latinos and the blacks, you got like 95% of the rapes committed in New York. There's very little left over for the whites. So you see how this... This is that special pleading fallacy where you only cite the evidence favorable to your side and eliminate the rest. You're making wonderful points, James. I'm very, very impressed. Love it. Give us, give us a final thought here. Well, I don't like being portrayed as a criminal since I've never committed uh, any uh, serious crime other than a parking ticket here and there. <laughs> uh it's. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid, you know, uh, image is image is getting to be reality. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's uh, right. facts don't matter, only perceptions. Yeah, James, I yeah. like I like what you're doing. I like what you're doing. Well, I'm I'm sure I'll maybe spur some further investigation. So I'm yeah, I'm, I'm glad like to your do point that. About, uh, and I like your point about Ramaswamy being born in Cincinnati, not born in uh, India. Wayne, you might want to check that out. Do a little more research, Wayne. See if you can come back to me with further clarification on this point. Uh, thank you. Wonderful, James. Very good call. Very good. Yeah, okay. Bye. Bye now. Alexander in Canada, welcome back. Welcome back, Alexander. Hello, sir. Um he says, I want to um, make a couple of points regarding the caller, Sebastian from Sweden, who's a great caller. Yeah. I want people to check out the um, this person. Her name is Barbara Spector. Have you heard of her? I have, but I can't recall in what context. Tell us. Yeah, well, well see, so she's like the, the, the female version of George Soros. She She's uh, uh, Jewish, and, and she is in Sweden. She's an American Jew, and she wants Sweden to be multicultural. Like and uh-huh. like all the like all the multicultural diversity, and and the immigration. This is like like she's behind it. Like just like how George Soros is behind it in 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 Europe and in, in the United States. So so Barbara Specter. Yep. So Barbara uh, Specter. S P E C T R E. So, so bear, bear in uh, mind. So, bear in mind. This cultural diversity means they want all the nations of the world to be homogeneous, to be just the same, so there's no reason to have distinctive nation-states. This is part of the move to abolish borders and have one-world government. They're trying to destroy, destroy the distinctive character of every nation as they've been doing it here by moving to take down all our statues that remind us of our past and honor 
the great leaders of the past. It's all outrageous. I'm glad you brought this up, Alexander. Excellent. More. You see, sir, because according to uh, uh, to the Jews, uh, every white nation is like is like the Nazis. So in order, to, so to make sure that the, that the Nazis don't come back, they, they have to mix the the population. And actually, and actually, sir, a, a, a number of Jews have said that 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 we're bringing in these immigrants, so so the so the Germans don't come back as Nazis, because according to them, everybody's a Nazi. They, they never appreciate that that it was the Europeans that saved their lives. In, in, in World yeah. War Two, and um, and see, so regarding uh, uh, Swami, you see, sir, like it'll, it'll be a terrible choice if he gets uh, picked in in any position. You see, sir, this guy, he, he's Indian. Indians cannot be Americans. Americans like you cannot be Indian. You can't be Chinese. Chinese can't be African. African cannot be uh, uh, Chinese, and like and and. Like, like that's how the world. Like, like that's how the world works. But, what, what, what do you see the risks, Alexander, with Ramaswamy, say, as a cabinet member? What do you see problem? Well, see, the problem is he he doesn't reflect the, the, the country's identity. He doesn't reflect the country's culture. He doesn't reflect the country's tradition and heritage since the days of George well, I Washington. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, Alexander, I spent a certain amount of time watching these debates. He was more American and representing more American values than anyone else on the stage. I mean, Trump wasn't there, but the values he was espousing were very Trumpian values of America first. He was slicing and dicing. I was very impressed with the guy. Tell me more. See, sir, um, I, I, yeah, um, you see, he's right about about like uh, uh, immigration stuff like that. But but Caesar still like he's just uh, uh, taking advantage of what's happening now, and so, so he could win the election. But uh, but see, sir, look at the people like him in in England and and uh, and uh, and Scotland. Look at what look, look at what happened when they came to power. They they made the mess. Look at the mayor of London, England, Sadiq uh, um, Khan. Uh, uh, because see, sir, like, I'm 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 just looking at it in in the in, in the long run. Like I'm just I'm just looking at the bigger picture. You see, he's right about immigration or the economy or whatever. But, but still, he, he has to represent, he has to reflect the culture. And, and see, sir, if, if, if white people went to India and run, and ran for office, yeah. all the hell is going to break loose. I'll just, I'll just tell you, Alexander, I've watched enough of him in these debates to tell you he was closer to my values for this country than anyone else on that stage. And that included, you know, a variety of prominent political figures here in the country. So I, I don't think I buy what you're selling on this point. But maybe his not being a, you know, in a position to become president, as Wayne was arguing, might be well founded, even if he turns out to have been born, you know, he was born in Cincinnati. That is a fact. But his parents were non-citizens to become naturalized. Uh, I think it does mean he is a naturalized citizen. I mean, he's eligible to be president. If he has a dual citizenship, though, I agree with Wayne that we shouldn't have any dual citizen in a, in a decision-making or policy-shaping position. Give me give me something else, Alexander. You've made your points about Ramaswamy. Give me something else. Well, Cesar, uh, it's my last point like regarding Ramaswamy. Like, Cesar, he's a product of, of, of multiculturalism and diversity. Which is damaging uh, the country. So, see, yeah. so when he comes to yeah. power, he, he's going to promote all that and, and uh, uh, at a much higher level. Uh, 
and, and, and see, so look at the diversity right. in Moth culture and, and what's happening there. Look, look at, uh, uh, you have Kamala Harris, you, you have, uh, 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 the, uh, you have like Ilhan, uh, uh, Ilhan Omar and, and all that. Like, all these people are making a mess. He's just another product Ram- of that uh, mess. That's my Ram- final Swami. thought. Ramaswamy has more intelligence in his little finger than Kamala Harris. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, so I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I don't, I, 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 I don't agree with your comparison. I, I think you're mistaken. Uh, you're a very smart guy. I like your calls, Alexander. I just think you're wrong about this. Give, give me a nut something else. Is there anything else on your mind today than Ramaswamy? Well, sir, my final point is that I, I, I looked at uh, um, the, the video that, that, the, that this guy, Ralph Wild or Wield. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it, it was excellent. I, I, I re- I'm really glad that you did that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Brilliant. Good, good. Alexander, you're welcome. Call anytime. I'm very glad. Thank you for calling today. Thank Lynn, you. Lynn in Maryland. Lynn in Maryland. Join the conversation, Lynn. Thank you, Jim. And thanks, Julie. Um, I appreciate you. You know, I'm it, on the Library of Congress's website on the Constitution. There's a footnote. Yeah. Now, it's not in my written Constitution here, but I don't think this was done in an, in, an, in an amendment. And one of the reasons I think that is because Texas actually had to change its law so so Ted Cruz could run for senator. There's a footnote that states, and George Washington had that footnote put in, to qualify that a even a natural born a citizen, a person born in this country, had to be born to a parent who was born in this country. At least yeah. one of their parents okay. had to be born here, and they had to be born here, which is what would disqualify. Marco yes. Rubio, Ted Cruz, Excellent. Kamala Harris, and name it, name it, name it, because and because like Ted Cruz was born in Canada, so even yeah. though his mother was an American citizen, it would disqualify him. Uh, Marco Rubio's parents, neither one of them were born here, and I don't think that was changed anywhere. So then unless like you this. know, I like- I'd appreciate knowing. This is so appropriate. This has been a wonderful sequence of calls. I'm really appreciative, Lynn, of this point. You're, you're, you're spot on. This is wonderful. More. I, I'd like Further. your opinion, because I don't see where that was ever changed in the Constitution. No, my opinion is I agree. I think you're right. And you explain why he is actually disqualified from running for president. You're right. I think you got it. I think you nailed it. It will also be the reason that if anything happens to Biden, it'll disqualify Kamala. Yes, yes. Well, So we all ought to remember that and have our arguments ready and go right to the top to say not only no, hell no, where's Waldo? I mean Kamala. (laughs) (laughs) This is delightful, Lynn. You're right on top of this. I love it. What What a pleasure hearing from you. Do you have a final thought? Nope, just to thank you very much and everybody who participates in your calls. I appreciate it, Jim. Well, this was a wonderful call and very timely. Max in New York. Max, join the conversation, Max. Uh, howdy, Jim. This is the first time. But um, Good. we're going to make, make a little turn here, change the subject. Sure. 
I'd like to talk about the Beatles. I studied the Beatles, the history of the Beatles, the sociological impact of the Beatles. What made okay. them so good? That, that, why were they so incredible? Are you well, I don't think you're asking. You're not asking my answer. You're 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 doing that rhetorically, so you can answer. I want to hear your explanation. Go for it. I think they got their chops in Hamburg, Germany. They did forty days and forty nights. Yeah, and they played like literally eight hours a day, almost every day of the week. I think they got Sundays off, but. Yeah. Um, the waitresses would give them preludin, if I'm reading what I'm reading is correct, which is an amphetamine. <laughs> to keep them away. If you're taking amphetamines and you're playing eight hours a day, probably yeah. longer, you're going to get really, really good. George, <laughs> uh, you know, back, back in the day when I was playing yeah. drums, you know, Buddy Rich, I, I like to, I always say, what drugs were they on? You know, drummers do amphetamines because it makes you a great drummer. And Buddy Rich did amphetamines, and it wasn't a surprise to me. But, um, you know, back to Hamburg. And, and their tour around Germany was kind of interesting because... I think John Len John Lennon was the genius. You just can't go to Hamburg and play a bunch of cover songs. You know, you have to have the genius who's writing the compositions that were magical. You know, and not many people can do that. And then get a bunch of guys together who have that perfect chemistry. Yeah. So that, to me, they were amazing. You know, it was Tavistock or not. I don't know if Tavistock put yeah. the Beatles together. They, they thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You know, I like that. That's a nice. That's nice, Max. I think it was uh, George Martin. They had all this talent and all this skill, but George Martin made them a class act. Put them all in the same suits. You know, the same type. He worked on their style. He gave them orchestration. He brought in classic elements. It was a combination of Paul and John together. It was a genius group. I agree. With you. I think they're the greatest band of all time, bar none. I don't think the Rolling Stones are even in the same category. Oh, don't even mention them in the same sentence. The Beatles were writing the yeah. songs, I think, for the Stones, I think. The Beatles wrote songs for a few people. Yeah. But John Lennon like was it. a genius, but un unfortunately... Uh... I, I hate to talk about this, but, you know, it's not fair that he had to carry around the burden of killing his friend. And he couldn't talk about it because he's a Beatle. And it would have ruined his whole career, his whole life. So he just took the dope. He was in New York. So I always knew people who knew him. I knew musicians who played with him. And he wasn't happy. And he yeah. was nasty to people on the streets. And yeah. I think, you know, after the Beatles, he just he just never met that success. Well, Yoko, no. Yoko had, had a role here, too. This is very complex. 
Max, I'd like to talk more with you about this today. We don't have the opportunity, but I'd like you to call back for us. Talk more about oh, this. this was great. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, I want you to call back, and we'll do we'll do more about this. I think it's wonderful. Thank, thank uh, yeah, you. Yeah, I've done a lot of research. I I can tell. I can tell, Max, and you're in the biz, man. You you have rubbed shoulders with a lot of these people. That's wonderful. Max, I want you to call back again. Meanwhile, James in Vancouver. James, join the conversation where be concise, get to the point. <laughs> Something new, the best album the Beatles ever released. Uh, I was going to say that it doesn't really matter. Well, it does matter who the leaders are, but what is very important is who's supplying the money for them. And when you follow that idea of them, then you know who they have to satisfy. That was my point and comment. Well, you. and, and you're attributing that to the Rothschilds? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, you're talking well, about... It could, it's, well, it could be the Rothschilds. It could be the Vatican. It could be whoever is supplying the big money, you see. You're talking, um, you're talking, about, I will, is, you're talking about Israel now, right? Well, if you want war, you've got to have big money, okay? And for the last 300 years, price of weapons have been going. I'll get back James, to you on I'll, this. Call, it, call again tomorrow. We'll continue our conversation. I'll try. Thank Glad you. you're calling back, Rick. Please call tomorrow. Meanwhile, spend as much time as you can with your family, your friends, and people you love and care about. We do not know how much time we have left in support. RBN. One of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. Only on the Republic Broadcasting Network.